Welcome to the Fearless Vampire Podcast. I'm on a heartfelt mission through the art of conversation and storytelling to inspire women to pursue their creative entrepreneurial journey with reckless abandon. I'm your host, Taylor, a six-figure photographer and business coach based in Colorado. I'm a right brain mompreneur to two toddler boys, devoted deep conversation holder, and your personal alpaca cuddle liaison. My hope is that you leave our time together feeling empowered and energized to build your dream life. Learn more at fearlessvampire.com. Anybody who's ever met me has probably heard me say that my love language is earrings. And I'm not talking like diamond, super expensive earrings. I'm talking earrings that are just big, colorful, allow you to self-express. They can turn a white t-shirt and jeans into a total fashion statement. Ever since I was a kid, I have been obsessed with earrings. I got my ears pierced when I was in the first grade. And side note, I actually tried to pierce my sister's ears. If Corey's listening, I apologize still to this day for piercing her ears with one of my mom's earrings. I got halfway through her ear when my mom came in and was like, what are you doing? And I was standing there with my sister just bleeding, piercing her ears to make her look beautiful. So earrings have always been a modality for self-expression for me. And when I started middle school and high school, I actually religiously made a pair of earrings every morning before school that matched the outfit that I was going to wear. So it goes without saying that I am so excited to introduce Krista Rogers today with her business is called A Little Sela, and she has been selling her clay, her clay earrings, correct? They're all clay, right, Krista? On Etsy now and is almost at 3,000 sales, which is absolutely, I'm sure you've, you've peaked 3,000 sales between all the markets that you do, but your Etsy shop is almost at 3,000 sales. So, oh my gosh, Krista, I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. I'm so excited too. Yay. So Krista and I, I know we actually met in elementary school. Like we've known each other since elementary school. Like we tots. We were itty bitty. I know we were babies, the Easton school fall festival. And, um, and our, our families, our friends, Krista's dad. I mean, I'm sure you get it. Honestly, Bob is actually a jeweler in our hometown. And I think my family has purchased two or three engagement rings from your dad. So it's just, it's so funny. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Bob is our go-to man for, for diamonds. And then you're my go-to woman for earrings. So I'm really excited to hear more about your story because I'm sure things have changed since you were six and a half. So yeah, just a little, let's jump into it. So this is, um, this is your full time job, Krista, which is incredible. So for anybody listening who's like, how do you do it? Krista's doing full-time earring making, Etsy shop, going to going to markets. You're also a photographer. You just have an entrepreneur spirit. So I'm going to let you take over okay. and share your story with us. I'm I'm just stoked. I'm going to stop. Yeah. Talking now. <laughs> no, that's I love that. I, I'm terrified to hear that you pierced Corey's ears, but I love it. <laughs> My um, mom. I think I don't think I've ever seen her go so white. And I like I was a typical. <laughs> older sister where I, and I still am, where like, I know better than everybody all the time and I just need to keep people in line. And so I just really wanted to see how bad it would hurt, but I didn't want to do it on my ears. And so I was like, Corey, you're going to be beautiful. 
And she You're was sobbing, Krista. She was like on the toilet sobbing. Like, and I was like, it's okay. It's almost through. And then my mom, and I'm sure it was like, now that I'm a mom, I'm sure it was one of those moments where it was like too quiet. And <laughs> she heard us in the bathroom and Corey's just sitting there like crying and I have an earring shoved through her ear. Oh my God. And then my mom told me that, or maybe my dad told me that they pierce your ears with a gun. And so I had this vision of like <gasps> me sitting and they just have like this red dot on my ear and they're pointing a gun at me. Oh. And I was like, what if they miss? What if they shoot me in the head? And so it was a very dramatic experience. Getting <laughs> for a my minute, I was like, pierced. this is about to go real dark. <laughs> it was real dark for a minute. And then, of course, my dad being the very dramatic person he was. As soon as they, they pierced, it was back in the day where they would do one side and then the other. Yeah. And he pierced one side or she pierced one side. And my dad was like, there's blood everywhere. Get the buckets. Oh my and gosh. I was screaming and it's in the middle of the mall. So I was screaming and we had to walk away and I wasn't going to let him pierce the other side. So anyway, the whole experience from like piercing Corey's ear in the bathroom to me getting my ears done was very, very traumatic. Well, and I love that because it's so funny. Um, I... Unlike you, earrings are were not and <laughs> were not my love language at all. That's um, so funny. Yeah, no, I actually my parents got my ears pierced when I was an itty bitty baby. I was like a year old. I didn't remember it, and then I never like you are hard pressed to find earrings like pictures with me wearing earrings as a child. Because it's so funny I, that they didn't close up, or did they? They didn't. They never closed up. I, I thought that was a myth. I didn't realize that they actually did close up for people. I thought everyone was lying to me for a really long time. Just so you'd keep those earrings in. Yeah, exactly. But I never wore earrings. And so it always cracks me up when people ask like, oh, well, how did you start this? And I'm like, well, it was, this is like literally all a misunderstanding that's just gone way too far. Oh my gosh, please share more. <laughs> I love like, that. What an was- intro. Yeah, this was never in the cards. Even literally two, like I could rewind two years and this was not even on the radar um, because I wasn't wearing earrings two years ago even. Wow. Okay. So tell me, tell us where it started. Yeah. I'm excited to hear. So I, I've taken a lot of detours. I've always just been the person that's like, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what I want to be in life. And so I started, I went to school for photography I think that was just kind of always, I've always been creative and that's always been kind of where I've led was towards creative outlets. So I was like, well, I'll go to school for photography. I like that. Did that, had a complete, I don't know if you ever had this, like I had a complete crisis and I was like, but I don't know how to do business. Girl, multiple times. Yeah. I mean, nobody teaches you that in photography school. And I'm, I'm very grateful that I loved, I ended up loving the side of business of photography, like photography business stuff just lights me up. That's amazing. Yeah. I got, I got my degree in international studies and communication. So I was like out in left field here. Yeah. At least you went for photography. I I didn't realize that you went to school for photography. That's awesome. I did. Yeah. I actually, my undergraduate, I have a BFA with my emphasis in photography. And there was even, there was a whole class called professional practice that was like supposed to help you with that area of it. But I just like, I mean, my dream was like, I'm going to go to National Geographic and I'm going to photograph like war-torn worlds, you know, like that whole thing. (laughs) Completely forgetting that I'm a giant coward and baby. And no, I'm not. (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) Um, And I like pretty things. 
but I completely freaked out my senior year. And I was like, I don't, I don't know how to do business. I am not business minded. And I just, this is not going to work. And I just kind of like, I wouldn't say gave up on myself, but I was like, there's, this is not the path for me at that time. And I love, well, and once, I, you, once you start running a photography business too, and I'm sure this is the same with a lot of, a lot of industries, once you get into it, you're like, okay, well, I'm shooting like 5% of the time. The other 95% yes. is business and marketing and WTF now. It's just, yeah. it's, it's very overwhelming. And, and no, like phot photography school doesn't teach you that. Like they, they teach right. you the aesthetic of it. But when it comes to actually, yeah, I mean, I wanted to work for Nat Geo too. That, that was my dream job was to photograph orcas like for Nat Geo, right. like that. What that was photographer my hasn't dreamed of right. like that deal, right? I even, like, I even dreamed goal. about it three weeks ago. I was like, I right? could probably exactly. still do that. <laughs> exactly. You probably could. I think you should. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, continue. <laughs> yeah. No, you're fine. Well, and two, this was also like before Instagram was really, I mean, Instagram was a thing, but that's not how you like could market yourself. Like you really had to like. You had to be in the yellow pages. Yeah. Yeah. You had to mm -hmm. do, you had to do like, I mean, Instagram is work. Don't get me wrong. I am still baffled by it and I struggle with it, but it was just a whole different thing. And I was like, I'm not geared for this. My mind does not go this way. So I took a, di a giant detour. I moved back home with my parents and I worked for AmeriCorps, which is like domestic Peace Corps. And I spent a year working with at-risk students in West Virginia in a middle school wow. and I loved it. And I was like, this is what I'm supposed to do. And I hung up my camera and went to grad school for school counseling and became a school counselor. And I did that for five years in South Carolina. And it took me about two years to realize that education is not a good place to be right now. <laughs> Mm -mm. You were there through the pandemic. You I were there was. through major shifts in our in our culture. And yeah. Wow. And you know, I don't know if it's because of when I jumped in or if it's just the time that it is right now, but education is just in a really, really rough spot. Yeah. And it takes a very special person. And again, I was like, I'm not this kind of special. Yeah. <laughs> I am not, I am a I am different this, kind of yeah. special. <laughs> <laughs> this is not my special. So it was, um, I just missed being creative. And I think it was, it was during the pandemic year and I just needed that outlet back in my life. And I actually started, I would draw, I don't know how it, how I got the idea, but I drew a picture of like West Virginia with the state flower with the rhododendron and wrote native in it, right? Because so many people in South Carolina are also from West Virginia and I made a sticker. I like found sticker paper and printed it off and like cut it out and made a sticker and put it on you Facebook. You cut it out. Oh my I did. gosh. I did. I cut out my little sticker. And again, this was what, three years ago? And put it on Facebook and was like, hey, anyone want a sticker? <laughs> and people bought a crap ton of these state stickers. I just started making, they're like, can you make this state do this state? And I was like, sure, why not? And I started making all these stickers. I promise this all goes to earrings. And no, I love hearing this. Does does anyone <laughs> does anyone want to buy this sticker? This is like a testament to like Yeah. You can literally sell anything. You and can. It, and and it can change your life. <laughs> it, no, this this sticker and it's so funny. So because of the sticker, 
I decided, I was like, you know what? I need a cricket because I was hand cutting all these stickers out. And I was, I was charging $5 a sticker largely because it took me 15 minutes to cut out a sticker. To cut out the freaking sticker. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) And like I had my tiny scissors, like it was ridiculous. And so my husband got me a cricket for Christmas. So that was 2021 Christmas, I believe. Yeah. And, um, he bought me a cricket and he jokes all the time. He's like, I bought you a new job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because he got me this cricket. And one of the things I did was while well, I was, you know, cutting out stickers on the cricket to sell, was I was like, you know, I've seen people make faux leather earrings. I'm just going to try to do that. I don't wear earrings, but it looks fun. Let's try it. And so I made the most like basic little pair of earrings. And I posted a picture of my sticker and my earrings on Facebook. And I had a friend who worked in a hair salon. And she said, hey, make me a handful of those. And like, I am so thankful, right, for people that see potential in things that you don't. I'm sure you can agree. Like there have been points probably on your journey where someone said, hey, do this or I want that. And you're like- So many. We've had so many businesses that all it took was one person to go, I see something here. And we're like, oh, this is a multi-million dollar business, which none of our, I mean, it's, it's not, but it's enough of a business that like, we're excited about it for a while. Exactly. Exactly. And so I like made her a couple different earrings and she took them to her salon and within the day they're gone. No way. And (gasps) so I'm like, oh, well, crap. So I started making like a couple more and, and it's just like literally evolved from there. Um, And then I started trying to like play with clay. And so I still do some faux leather earrings on my, on my lovely Cricut. But it just all really evolved. I started making clay earrings. And I'm very fortunate, too, that I was still working in schools because who loves, like, fun earrings more than elementary school teachers? Nobody. Nobody. I don't know any. I don't know a single one. (laughs) Right. Even you in all of your, like, glory of, like, piercing your own sister's ears could not love earrings. (laughs) More than an elementary. No, that's totally fair. Yeah. You, you know what? You know what, Krista is funny. I I only do newborn shoots for our couples, like our previous couples, and I wear my biggest earrings at the newborn shoots because I'm like yes. like dangling in the light so that the baby will look at me and can kind of yes. perk them up. Oh yeah, it's 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 magic to children. Right. When I do family shoots, I'm always like, I don't I don't use my car keys to drive my car anymore. Right. It's literally to entertain babies. <laughs> like, yeah. And children. Right, yeah. Yeah. The same thing. Earrings. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but so that's just really how it took off. I was making these earrings and I was so fortunate to be surrounded in this like really toxic workplace, at least by people that loved what I was doing. And we're like, hey, I want to buy those. And it just kind of within, honestly, within two to three months, I realized I can pursue this and do this full time or I can stay in this job that is really toxic right now. And because I didn't have time to do both. Um, I was coming home. Yeah, I was coming home and making earrings and I was loving it. But then I would have to, you know, like make dinner and be an adult and all those dumb things that adults do. Yeah. <laughs> Go to bed at a normal hour. Um. What, I, what I find really interesting is, one, 
when you have that creative fire, it doesn't matter how much you try to suppress it or like, quote unquote, be an adult or like get an adult job. Or once that fire is there, you will find a way to make the income. So I think that that's really fascinating that just clay and earrings were your avenue where you just, you, you had to create, you had to create something and people came, they showed up for it. They showed up. Yeah. And even then I wasn't wearing earrings. How ridiculous is that? And my husband, finally, he looked at me, he said, Krista, if you're going to sell earrings, you need to wear them. You've got to market it. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, oh, oh, I guess I do. And so, yeah, even then I wasn't wearing them, but it's just, and I think that's the funny thing too, is sometimes, you know, you can take a path that maybe it's not something that really was like sentimental or near and dear to you in some way growing up or through your whole life. But you can find that later in life, like you're just like, there's a passion for it and that people will love it. And you can be really good at that. And it fills a need. Like if if, it fills a need that, that you have, which is I need out of this job and this is making me happy now. And it doesn't have, I mean, maybe you'll make these until you're in your eighties, but maybe you do it for a while until the next thing comes along. And I think, I think giving ourselves the freedom and business to do something until it doesn't feel right anymore is a beautiful thing. Yeah, absolutely. I I, hundred percent agree. I also love Krista that I would like to talk more about Etsy because I think Etsy is just such a wonderful platform that it took out and granted, like you still have a lot of work to do on your end where you, you are so good at making reels. You make reels. You, you're still marketing on, on social media. <laughs> I don't <laughs> but, feel but, that in my bones. So I appreciate hearing that. Yeah, no, I think it's still, and, and you still listen to your audience and you're always coming up with new, really cool collections based on what's trending or what people are saying that they want. But also Etsy takes out so much of the marketing and the business side of things that pre-Etsy and pre-internet would have been so overwhelming and daunting. Right. I sell, and I can say that because I I also have an Etsy shop where I sell digital templates. So, but Mike had, um, Mike had an Etsy shop selling literally wooden boxes. We were, it was called Colorado Apple Crates. And this was one of the businesses that like somebody said, Hey, I want more of this. We actually needed to close on our house, our first house we bought, we didn't have a pot to piss in. Like we had no money. And so our, our realtor called us four days before closing and said, you need to bring X amount. And we were like, we don't have that. I, I later found out that Mike actually did have it, but he was saving <laughs> it. He was saving it to buy my engagement ring. And so Aww. he never told me that he had that money, but we were like, let's build those boxes that people liked on Craigslist so much. And so this, this business Colorado apple crates exploded on Etsy, but it was one of those things where like we would hear that cha-ching and Mike was like, we got to get to work. Like we we had work to do. And now that I sell digital products, it's like cha-ching. I'm like, cool. I just made money. So for you, like there, there is still that like business side of things where you have to like package it up or maybe make more and then mail it. And you, 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 you do such a great job with the branding. That, that, that you package it with. So there's still the work, but I, I love that Etsy just took, took so much though away from, like took so much stress away from business owners who really want to run a business, but the marketing and the actual logistics of running a business kind of get easier with Etsy. Right. I, don't, I don't know if, if you want to talk to that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, no, I would absolutely agree in the sense of it definitely... 
I think a lot of the things that Etsy has helped with and given me space to try to figure out on my own until I can is, you know, I don't have to worry about building a website, right? Like that part's built in. I don't have to worry about finding necessarily consumer base. Now I still have to put in the work because when, especially clay earrings, when people search clay earrings, like. Right. There's still SEO and yeah. Yeah. There's still like the SEO and there's still a lot behind that, but I don't have to worry about a lot of those like nitty gritty pieces that that's already built in. Like Etsy tells me, Hey, what photos do you want to use? And I send, like I push, okay, I want this, this, this. And Etsy builds this like beautiful listing for me. Right. And that part is so nice. And so other than the task of sitting down and putting together this like little listing and like what description I want and all of that, Etsy has like already assembled all of the like shoppers and consumers and all of the backbone of what I need. And it just was a really helpful space. And especially I would say to people starting out on Etsy, a lot of people were really worried about um, Etsy taking fees from me. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I hear that all the time too, Krista. I'm like, they do everything. They collect payment. Like you don't have to like, I know, they, pay they them what they sales want. sales tax, like all this stuff. And sure, like are the fees big? Now also granted, and I can talk about this later too, like my mom, I mean, she built this like giant like multi-million, I believe. I never knew, but I think my dad told me this recently. Business on Amazon and eBay when we were kids. And so what? like I always grew That's up- amazing. Yeah. I always grew up kind of with an understanding that there were things that they took out, so it never bothered me. But one of the like especially key things that I would try to push in the beginning was when people would be like, well, I'll just buy it from you so you get all the money. I would actually ask people to go buy it on Etsy. Because it gets your, it moves you up. Yeah, it would move me up. And so that way I wasn't having to fight as hard to like be And you get reviews. Yeah, yeah, you get the reviews. Yeah, it's it's so interesting because whenever I started and like, I agree, Krista, I just heard people talking about Etsy and taking and they're just taking. And so whenever I started my shop, I thought they were going to take like 30%. And then when I saw it's like, what, 10, maybe? It's, I mean, it's a considerable amount if you're, if you're thinking like versus if you're just selling it yourself. Right. Right. But But I was like, I wouldn't have sold this without Etsy. Like they pushed it in in front of these clients or not clients, but these customers that otherwise wouldn't have known me from Adam, nor would they have trusted me because I wouldn't have been on Etsy and people trust shops on Etsy. Right. It's a viable shop or it's a a viable site. And you're getting your, your product to people like I just recently shipped earrings to someone in Hawaii and that's amazing how in the heck am I going to get my earrings to Hawaii without this kind of ability you know I don't I do I know someone in Hawaii I don't know maybe like a Kevin Bacon six degrees but yeah took that six degrees out for me and I didn't have to worry about it (laughs) and so that's awesome yeah so I I really value Etsy. But also I think because I grew up with it, there is a little bit of an understand, like with my mom selling on online platforms, it's, it wasn't as hard for me to wrap my head around the idea of I'm going to pay people or pay this business for what they're helping me achieve. Yeah. And I, yeah, that, that totally, I, I think for a lot of people that is a hurdle, like this, this bootstraps and grit 
kind of American dream of business. Like you do it yourself or you don't do it. So the thought of out of the gate, paying somebody to help you with it. I think a lot of people maybe have to overcome, but yeah, it is worth it. Oh, absolutely. So you're also doing, um, you also do markets, correct? You live in South Carolina now where it's like Pretty much always warm. Exactly. Too warm. Too warm. Too warm. Too warm. And humid. And humid. I know. I live live in Myrtle Beach in the Dirty Myrtle. Dirty Myrtle. We'll be in the Dirty Myrtle in in the fall, which I refuse to come in the heat of the summer. So I'll see you in the fall. I don't blame you. I refuse to go outside except for markets. Yeah. Yeah. So what are the markets like for you? So markets have been... They've just been the biggest blessing. Um, And again, I am, as much as I dread the heat, I'm very grateful if I didn't live in South Carolina where we have a market year, literally April through December, I can be outside selling at markets, at farmer's markets, and people are out buying. And that's largely because of the weather we have, right? And so I was very fortunate And again, I don't know how it happened. It's a misunderstanding that went too far. I always go back (laughs) to that. I ended up joining, uh, we have a local cooperative, the Waccamaw Cooperative. And they- Waccamaw. Waccamaw. I love that word. I'm going to get a cat and name it Waccamaw. I think you should. (laughs) Please. (laughs) So they actually host like different farmers markets throughout the week in our county. And so there's like six different markets throughout the week. And whenever you show up, you pay, you apply. If you get accepted, um, you pay your yearly fee. And then when you show up, you pay your like daily rate to like have your table there. Um, And it's just been the greatest thing because it allows me one, a lot of freedom because you don't have to necessarily say, I'm going to be at this market and this market and this market. I don't have to plan out my whole calendar for like months in advance, I can just show up. But luckily, also because of being in Myrtle Beach, there's so many tourists. Yeah. And who doesn't love to go to a farmer's market when you're somewhere like visiting somewhere and get local goods and artisan products and like all kinds of cool things. And so I've been super fortunate with markets and where we live because so many people come out to these farmers markets and the Waccamaw Cooperative, shout out to them. They do such a great job of marketing and putting on these markets. And so I've been able to, one, build a really cool fan base of regulars, I guess. Oh, I I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's super cool. There's a lot of locals here that are very, very shop local oriented. And I'm super grateful for that. And so they are constantly out supporting local. And I had one girl, oh my gosh, she, during the school year, they homeschool. And if she helped her mom with her brother's school, then she got to come to the market and pick out a pair of earrings. That was her like allowance. That's so sweet. Her award. Oh my gosh. That's so sweet. Yeah. And well, so and I, I think too with with markets, there's such a there's such a community around it. It's like band it camp, right? Like you get yes. to see everybody every weekend, all your friends. Yeah, it's like everybody shows up together. You're all supporting each other, but you also have the client based community, which I think is yes. really special. And man, when you're starting out with your business, having having that community and that support on both sides is so critical for just oh. your mental well being. 
Absolutely. And it really helped too, because it gave me a place. Because if I was having to do this all online from the get go, that would have probably been like, I would be pulling out my hair trying to figure out because I'm just not, there are some people that are so good at social media and marketing that way. And I am still learning that. That is not my niche. I'm learning. I'm getting better. But because I was able to go to markets and put my product in front of people and they could see it right away, they were able to, um, I was able to build trust a lot quicker through that. Well, to be able to see it and touch it and like feel the quality, that's huge. Yeah. And so that was really, really great. Um, And also too, like you said, like now I have this other community. I think I had this belief that I would be constantly working alone. And now I have this community through the market, even though there's someone that sells like pet food and there's someone that sells cookies and hot sauce and all these different things. But we're this little like work family. Um, And so you still have the support and you're surrounded by other entrepreneurs that are trying to do the same thing you are. And so that's really, I'm very fortunate for that because we all are able to support and push each other in that way too. So it's really, that's really cool, Krista. So will you talk more about what the transition was like for you leaving your full-time, not Cush is not the word I'm thinking because it is not a cush job. But when you like, I I admire. But it was a teachers. secure I, job. I had it job was security. A secure job. Yeah, you yeah. had job security. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. What it was like going from having a secure job that you know, I mean, we, that we are in such need of wonderful teachers right now. What was that jump like to move from a very secure job with probably retirement and benefits and to move like I'm. I, I I only know this because of some of the reels you posted. Like, what was people's feedback or not feedback, but what were their what was it like telling people I'm quitting a secure job to make earrings? Right. Suck it, I, everybody. I still <laughs> it still cracks me up when people ask me what I do. I'm like, oh, I make clay earrings. And they look at me and then if if Sean's with me, they look at Sean like, oh, so you make the money. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's cute. And so it's definitely, I think I fought that a lot more than my own belief of it is it was a lot harder for me to um, leave because I was nervous about what other people would think and what other people believed about, I guess, what is like typical. Does that make sense? Like what's expected of you? Yeah. Because it is such like so niche and like who, who makes clay earrings and makes money from that. Right. And so it was definitely, I fought more other people's, I think, perception of it than I did my own like fear of leaving just because where I was, was so toxic. Um, and it was just a really, for so many reasons, just a really rough environment to be in. And so I was like, I have to leave. Like, I'm leaving. Bye. At one point before I even had this, I was like, I'll go work at Starbucks again. Like, it was great there. Yeah, that's that's so that's I'm I'm so inspired by you because I've I've also had photography students who were in the teaching world and they were like, I don't care what I do. I need out of this, though. And they've they've they had used the words toxic. Um, So you're not the first time I've heard about an entrepreneur leaving a teaching job and just saying it was such a toxic environment. Like, yeah. 
Yeah. And I think, and I think that's the thing too, like, right. We all hit different levels of desperation (laughs) at different points in our life. And especially like there's been people that I've talked to in the farmer's market community that had really stable income jobs, like job security, but they maybe weren't at that same level of desperation to get out that I was. And because they had parts of it that felt very redeeming to them. And so I think for them, that jump was a lot scarier. Whereas I was really fortunate that my leap, I was like, one, I'm already not making a lot of money. So that's not a problem. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I can, I can replace this somehow. Yeah, I can replace this income. Krista, why a little Sela? Can you talk about the name of your business? Because it's so unique and I'm sure it has a much deeper meaning than I don't even know what Sela means. So I yeah. want to hear more about how you came up with your with your business name. Yes. So Sela actually comes from scripture. It's in Psalms. And it is used when the author wants you to pause and reflect on what was said. So a lot of people will say that it means like a pause or a reflection. And that's really the only time that that word is used is in scripture. So it's really open to interpretation um, because it's one of those words that there's just no direct translation. But I was familiar with that word. And while I was making earrings, I just kind of looked at that as this is my pause and my time to reflect because I was in this workplace that I was not happy with. I was doing these things that I was like, what am I doing with my life? You know? And so making earrings was just my time to pause and reflect. And so when I was trying to think of an Etsy name, actually, because, you know, to have an Etsy store, you have to have a name. And I was like, well, I don't know. I was like, these are all just a little something. And it just kind of evolved from a little something to like, well, actually, no, this is my time to pause and reflect. This is a little Selah for me. And so that's where the name came from. And it's, yeah, it's just kind of stuck. So it's been... Yeah. I love that that's a that's a gift that you give people too. Like when they get the earrings, I think you do explain it, right? Did you send yeah. that? Is there like a little I have a little card? Okay. Yeah, my little yeah. thank you card explains what the word means cuz otherwise people think that my name is a little Sella, like yeah. I'm from Boston. <laughs> Stella. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, a little Stella. And I'm like, no, I mean, I am, but like, no. So yeah. That's hilarious. And also I, whenever you're a creative and you get into the flow, like we, I feel like there's this buzz going around about the flow, being in the flow. And I know when I have a camera in my hand, like I lose all sense of time, space, oh, yeah where I'm at in the world, Mike always jokes that I would walk off a cliff if he wasn't there to stop me because I just get so engrossed in what I'm doing. And I kind of envision you with your earrings in that way too. Like it's your pause, but also your opportunity to kind of get into this really cool brainwave of creating and just in this flow state. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's, I mean, anytime my whole life, anytime I've been doing something creative, that's just my place where I feel fully immersed and fully focused. And it's my, like, it's my time for my brain to kind of shut off except from what I'm doing. And so I, anytime I'm making earrings, I am so involved in it. Actually, it's funny. I'll, I always have background noise on. So I have like a podcast going or the TV on in the background or something. And my husband will come home and he's like, oh, like, 
what's 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 going on in that or I'm like I don't know like I'm not paying attention to that it's just there yeah. like I don't even know who the characters are yeah like oh I started with true crime but now the bachelorette's on like I don't know when did that happen so yeah it's definitely it's my time and my space to just be fully immersed which is just really fun because it's I think everyone needs that kind of thing because it's almost like allowing your brain to sleep you know, like when you're sleeping, your body is like resetting and getting itself back and having that creative outlet, at least for me, lets my brain kind of like reset. If I'm really stressed, like I need to go make earrings. If I'm really happy, like let's go make earrings. Like it's just a way for my body to like calm and recenter and focus and just be, if that makes sense. But yeah. No, that's, that's really beautifully said. I I love everything that you mentioned about being in the flow state. And yeah, absolutely. If I'm happy, I want to be doing this. If I'm sad or stressed, I still want to be doing this. And that's a really great space to be in. Krista, what was the biggest hurdle that you had to overcome? Was it other people's reactions whenever you went full time or was there something else? Because you've been through a lot of shifts over the last few years in your personal life. So I'm just curious, like what, what was the, that biggest hurdle that you had to really, um, yeah, felt more like a mountain. Yeah. I think people's perception has definitely been a hurdle. And I think that's been, it's definitely been something that I've struggled with, but I've also learned that's a personal hurdle too, is me caring what I think, like me caring too much about what people might believe because, just because someone looks at me and goes, oh, clay earrings, like I know what I make from this and I know the success I'm having from this. So their thoughts don't change that. And so I'm learning that's a personal kind of struggle. But definitely, and as you mentioned, like there's been so many personal changes too. And I think, I mean, I'll just dive in there. Like we're just going to get real. The biggest hurdle for sure, um, my mom passed away right before starting this. And she was 100% my biggest supporter in everything I did. And so I think not having that cheerleader that I know would be so excited about this was really hard for me. And also, I think when we're not used to having these support systems when we start something new, or at least a support system that we're, we grew up with and we're familiar with. And whether that's like being in a new place or someone passing away or whatever that may be, if they're just not right there, like that's hard. And there was a part of me that felt like I was doing something like she was around when I got my job in education, but she isn't, she had no, I had no inkling of this and she passed away right before it started. And so it felt like I was moving into a space without her. Do you feel, do you ever feel like she was the one who gave you the nudge towards it? Like where, where do you feel her now that she's passed? Do you, do you ever feel like this was her going, Hey, you can do this, make some <laughs> earrings and just see what happens. Right. I, <laughs> I don't know. Cause she did love jewelry and she definitely wore way more of it than I ever did. I think where I see her in it now though, is I actually have a sign in my office that says, keep making her proud. And. Oh, Krista, your mom is yeah. amazing. I, she, that makes me want to cry. Best. She's the best. And I think that she, like I kind of said earlier, she created just this incredible like business through Amazon and eBay. Like when we were a and kid. And that was before people were doing Amazon and eBay. Oh, yeah. Like oh, she yeah. was one of the pioneers. 
Oh, she was. She got invited to the closing bell when eBay and PayPal split at at NASDAQ. Yeah. She got invited to that, like the West Virginia, like one of the people, because she's she was such a top seller in their whole eBay world and even Amazon. And so I think seeing how hard she pushed to create, because she always told us as kids, I am doing this so that I can be present for you. I want to be present in your life. And I understand that there are so many paths that people have to take. And so I never say this with like a condescending tone of like, yeah, be self-made so you can be present in your kid's life. But that's what my mom, her dream was and what she pushed for. And so I always think about that now. And that was instilled in me is I can like, I can put my nose to the grindstone and I can make success of something and I can do it so that I can be present for all these other things. And so I have this sign, you know, that says keep making her proud in the sense of her legacy is just this fire I have in me to what do I have and what am I going to make of it kind of thing. And using that so that I can also be present in other parts of my life. Because at the end of the day, earrings aren't my life, you know, in the same way that photography is not your life. But you probably have pursued that so that you can be present in your boy's life and in Mike's life. And you've created something really beautiful. And photography has allowed you to do that in the same way that earrings have allowed me to do that. And my mom really instilled that. And so that was both the biggest hurdle, but also one of the biggest blessings is I don't have her present, but she just instilled so much of that, that it's just become the way of life. And like kind of my business motto is, all right, like what would Andrea do? I love that you brought this up and have opened this conversation, Krista, because I do think a lot of entrepreneurs, especially in the creative space, allow it to take over their life and be the number one focus. And and I know for Mike and I, it was for a while photography was, and we both had this like make hay while the sun shines mentality, but we did sacrifice a lot early on in our business. And I wouldn't do anything differently, but now we knew early on that we were building this business for our family. We didn't know if we were going to have kids. We didn't know what they were going to look like, who they were going to be, if it was going to be boys, girls, both, or dogs or horses. We just, we, we weren't sure, but we knew that entrepreneurship was the vessel for us to set up our life how we wanted to be. I don't know if you listen to Dave Ramsey or if you've ever followed him, yes. um, his financial stuff. Love and some Dave did, Ramsey. Yeah, we did that really early on in our relationship. And one of the quotes that we still live by is live like no one else so you can live like no one else. And so we're finally, I think, starting to see the second half of that yeah. quote where we're like, oh, we can, we're taking on less work, but we're making more than we've ever made in our career. That that feels weird. That feels right. maybe not okay or allowed, but, and then, you know, we spend, I spend most days with my kids and so does Mike. We, we both spend 24 seven with our kids. We have a babysitter coming tonight, but that's few and far between that we even have yeah. really childcare. And so we get to homeschool our kids. We're coming out to South Carolina for the month of November. We travel a lot. And so I love how you said that you take what you like. I love Andrea's motto. I mean, she, I feel like at least from all outside appearances was a present parent. She was there for, for you guys and, and, and for, for family life. And, 
I think it is really a beautiful thing when your business can support that. And I think that's why a lot of people get into entrepreneurship yeah. is to have freedom and flexibility. But then there is that that balance, right? Where you really have to check yourself and go, is this taking over now? Is this taking up too much space in my life? Am I, am I spending too much time on this? Because um, it sounds like we have similar similar ideologies and that like, I know if I want something to be successful, it will be. How hard am I willing to work for it is another thing. Like, am I willing to sacrifice all my free time to make this a success? Or do I want to find some balance and, and make it make sense for where I'm at right now? Like I have two very young kids. It is not realistic for me to keep shooting 40 weddings a year and, you know, five family shoots every, you know, every week. It just doesn't make sense, but maybe it will one day, but right now it doesn't. And I think that's a beautiful thing to allow your business to work with you and not take over your life. Absolutely. And I think like I would a hundred percent agree too, is, you know, if, you ask any entrepreneur, like, why did you start this? One of the main things that they probably would say right away is freedom. Like I wanted freedom and flexibility. And, and if if you're not still making space for that in your life, because you have the choice to allow freedom and flexibility be a part of your life. And I think so many people automatically get caught up into like, well, but I could be making money right now. I could be doing this right now. Because when you have that nine to five job, someone's telling you when you can make money. Right. Right. And then there's that opportunity cost where you're like, well, if I go on vacation, then I'm not just spending money on vacation. I'm missing out on work I could be doing. Right. Right. And so you really have to remind yourself, like, why did I start this? And I think, Mm -hmm. too, I look at it and and it's so funny, like in hindsight, how we see things. But I also look at my mom's passing as like a big recognition, too. She worked so hard and she was present for a lot of things. And I think she really succeeded at that balance, but she also worked so hard and she had a lot of dreams that she didn't get to see because there was this idea that I think a lot of people, I think it's starting to float out, but a lot of people, especially like an older generation have of you work for retirement. Exactly. And and you're not promised retirement. You're not promised. You're not promised tomorrow. And so what am I working for? Am I working for all of this so that I can maybe one day possibly do this? Or am I working so that tomorrow I can take vacation and go to the beach with my husband or go to Europe or do these things that we really want to do now? Right. And so it's a really important thing, I think. And I see my mom in that too is, you know, recognizing there were a lot of things that she still didn't get to fulfill that she had dreamed of doing through her business And so that's really helped me find a center and a balance too of making sure like I could spend the next three weeks doing nothing but making earrings and taking photos and editing and all this stuff. But if I don't build in some time for me and my family and my husband and like what we want to do, then was it really worth it? Right. And so, yeah, I don't know how this started, but there's my soapbox for today. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's such a a beautiful way for you to honor your mom, Krista, because I agree. I mean, Mike and I have watched lots of people we know live live for retirement. Retirement comes and... Like you said, you are not guaranteed retirement. My my grandfather did that, my my grandmother as well. And you're not promised it. And I think for us, that's where the Dave Ramsey thing came in, was like, live like no one else. You can live like no one else. Yeah. But we wanted to live like no one else at like 25. Yeah. So 
we like there are times to work and there are times to rest. And I think with with this hustle culture um, that is so glorified, luckily, I think that's on its way out too. But people automatically bring it into entrepreneurship. Like, well, if I look busy, if I stay busy, then my worth goes up. And this year for, for me, this is the first year that I have prioritized rest and play over work and hustle. Um, there would be days for the last nine years that I would come open my laptop and go, I don't know what I'm like, I have no work, but I know I'm supposed to be working. And I would just come up with shit to do. Like there was nothing that needed done. Like my kids needed me. My husband needed me like nature needed me. And I would sit in front of the laptop going, I don't know what it is, but it's gotta be something I'm supposed to be doing something right now. And so I think that's a really incredible way for you to honor your mom and honor her life. And I, as a mom, I don't think there's anything I would want more for my kids to honor me after my passing than for them to just live their life and live it well and love people and be present with the people that are in their life and do what makes them happy. Because that's, that's all life is about is like, we're here to enjoy life. That's it. We are here to enjoy being here and that I don't care where, I don't care what religion you come from, what background you come from. Like we are here to enjoy this very short chapter. I just heard something, I think either on a podcast or something yesterday where the woman said that we're, we're in earth training. We're spiritual (laughs) beings who are here on earth to train for what's next. And I was like, oh, that's, that's so beautiful. Like I'm just in training right now and I'm supposed to love every minute of this and not get worked up over who did or didn't book or who didn't, didn't, who did or didn't buy. And we're just here to enjoy it and train for what's next. I just thought that was such a beautiful, beautiful thing. And since you're such a quote person, I feel like this falls in with it. But one of the quotes that I love and I heard um, in a sermon once and like we'll live and die by now is the right thing at the wrong time is wrong. Yes, and, the right thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing. Oh my gosh, I love that. And I think about that even when I'm doing business and like work and stuff. Like, okay, I could be like, it could be right to make like 12 more pairs of, you know, my Emmeline earring or whatever. Like, that could be a right thing to do. But also, my husband has the day off today. And how often does that happen? And so, is this the right or wrong time to be doing this thing? Because if it's the wrong time, then overall, that just means it's like, then it's wrong. Like it might be a good and like wonderful thing to do. But if it's the wrong time, then then we need to move on. That's a great filter. That's such a great filter for everything that you do during your day. So I appreciate you making time to record this podcast because oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming this was the right thing then. <laughs> yes, absolutely. This was 100% the right thing. <laughs> Yay. Uh, Krista, when was the last time you did not feel like enough? You didn't feel good enough. You didn't feel like you were doing enough. When was the last time you didn't feel like you were enough? So I've been thinking about this. I've been trying to prepare for this one, right? (laughs) And so it's so funny because when I I like sat down, I thought about this. I was like, okay, when was the last time I didn't feel like enough? And I, I really struggled. And not because I have this like amazing ego or like complex where I'm like, I'm amazing. But I think just because, uh, partly because of my background as a school counselor too, and I've taught growth mindset for so long, <laughs> that I'm like, you you are enough. And like, we uh, failures are a learning curve and all this stuff. 
But when I really started to think about it, man, every time I'm at a market, Ooh, this is, I I know this was interesting. Every time I'm at a market, I set up, I have this like itty bitty little setup, right? And there are these people around me that have been doing this forever and are just like incredible at what they do, but they have these massive, like beautiful setups and very aesthetically pleasing and all this stuff. And I am just like, I'm still working on that. (laughs) Like, I think it's aesthetically pleasing, but it's not fantastically there yet. And I'll look at my setup and then I'll look at someone else and go, man, if people really don't want to buy from me today, like I have like my earrings just thrown on the table and I don't know. And every time I set up for a market, I have to like fight against that and remind myself, no, like I'm here and I'm coming back to this market because people are coming back to me and I know I'm going to have a good day. And then I'll hear someone come up to my table and say, like, you are so talented. Oh. And, right? And, I, like, it literally, I do that, too. I'll go, oh, thank you. And I'll make, like, the I really ugly. I that. Yeah, I'll make, like, the really ugly face mm-hmm. of, like, oh, I appreciate it so much. And it's just kind of such a great, as I was thinking about that and thinking about how you ask that question every podcast, too, I was like, it's coming for me. It's coming. <laughs> I know. I was like, it was such a good reminder too of, you know, every time I set up, I'm surrounded by people that are similar to me in some way. Mm-hmm. And I'm comparing myself to all these people that are in the same kind of maybe not niche, but the same kind of field of entrepreneurship. And and I'm forgetting that there's all these other people out there in the world that are engineers and doctors and like deep sea divers and <laughs> that do something so vastly different that look at what I do and think, wow, like you are so talented. Whereas I sit down and do it and I'm like, okay, well, I made another pair of earrings because it's just second nature. And so I think, you know, you asked that question and I thought about it and I was like, man, I don't feel like enough every time I do this and I look around and I see all these other people doing it. But it it was such a great time of reflection too. Again, a little Selah to remember that, we all have our own amazing talents. And so not feeling like enough, even though that comes daily, like there's always someone that comes and reminds me like, you're so talented. And I don't know, I'm just rambling again. But it was, I I really appreciate that you asked this question because it led me down this path of just remembering like we all have these different talents. And often when I don't feel like enough, it's because I'm looking at other people who are probably talented in like similar ways. Yeah, it's it's so hard to stay in your own lane. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and or not even like to stay in my own lane, but to recognize that there are other lanes. <laughs> yes. And you might weave into it and you just gotta get back over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that there's other lanes and that I can appreciate people in those lanes because they don't know what my lane does and I don't know how their lane does it, but we see the end result. And we see each other at some kind of like checkpoint along the way. And it's just really cool to, to notice that and recognize that. And so, yeah, to answer your question, I never feel like enough at every market I go to, but (laughs) but yeah. I love how you expanded on this. Thank you so much. You're so cool. I I love, I I, I love hearing your story. (laughs) Well, that's how I feel about you. Can I be you when I grow up? You know, (laughs) if I can be you, yes, just as long as I can be you. Cause like making earrings is next to uh, Nat Geo is probably a dream job. 
I just because you brought it up, Krista, what has your favorite failure been since you and since since we seem like we we view failure as a very very in the same way. It's just a stepping stone to get to the next thing. What's your favorite failure been where you were like, yeah. oh, thank goodness this happened because here I am. You know what? It's funny. I. I also struggle with this question because sometimes I think because when you have that growth mindset, it's hard to really look at things and be like, yeah, that was a failure. I'm like, oh, I learned from that. But I think for a long time, I viewed quitting education as a failure. And if if that is how I view it, my perception of quitting education is a failure, then that's been my favorite one. That's awesome. Because it really let me dive into something that has expanded into what like we get to talk about today. And so, yeah, that would be it. And I don't know if that's inspiring or like really <laughs> depressing. But. Well, no, I mean, it is inspiring for the person who's driving, listening to this, going to their teaching job thinking, I just want to make milkshakes. I just want to make people <laughs> happy scooping ice cream that, you know, I mean, like it's going to be inspirational for somebody who is on their way to a job that is not fulfilling and toxic, who like, that's what this podcast was created for to inspire, to inspire people who are not happy with where they're at. And they know that this entrepreneurial dream is like right there. And we all have the same fears. They might look a little different and take a different shape, but we all have the same fears. What's going to happen? Why don't I know what's going to happen? What if I fail? What if that failure is catastrophic? How do I support a family? I mean, we all have the same fears. And so your story, I think is so inspirational. And I love your, your lighthearted approach to it. Like, yeah, we'll just see what happens. Like, I don't have to have all, all the answers. I'm just going to go to this market and see what happens. I'm going to throw this sticker up on Facebook and see who wants to buy it and how many. And then and then yeah. you, 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 Krista, have a really great way of just seeing the next step and just taking that next step and you don't have to worry about the rest, but just doing, doing the next thing that you feel, feel best about. So I am, I am so grateful for your story and that you were willing to be here today and share it with us. Where can people learn more about you? We're going to put all your links in the show notes, yes. but where do you want people to come find you? Please don't find me on TikTok because I haven't figured that one out yet. But (laughs) that is still too hip for me. But Instagram, I am on Instagram. That's a great place. It's a little say law designs. And then Etsy, my Etsy store is also just a little say law. And people always get confused. I will throw this in there. On Etsy, when you are at the search bar, there is a fun little trick on this, like on the left-hand side of the search bar, there's like these three little shapes. And if you click on those three shapes, it says search for product, search for business name, search for like, it gives you a list. So if you click on that and then search for business name and you type in a little say law, you will find me. Cause if you just type it straight in the search bar, it'll look for products. And it's that stresses me out so much. Cause I yeah. have so many friends who are on Etsy and I'm like, I can't buy you and they're like look look for the shop name not the not the product yeah Yeah. defaults to product so you gotta just switch that and a lot of people don't know that so fun fun little in like learning tip for the day the more you know the more we know the better our lives get thank you so much krista i cannot wait I, I can't wait to share your story with with so many people and again i just really appreciate you being here today Well, I appreciate you asking me to be here. Thank you so much. 
Absolutely. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you want to learn more about Krista, just go check the show notes. You'll be able to access her shop and her Instagram. And thank you for being here. We'll see you next time on the Fearless Vampire Podcast. Bye.